Welcome to the third installment of the Johnny Freedom Show, a rational conservative podcast for those with a firm grip on what is real and what is fantasy. There's one person that has been getting quite a bit of press lately for all the wrong reasons. Someone that apparently is not able to discern the difference between that which is real and that which only exists in the imagination of the gullible. I've been having an internal debate this past week on whether or not to even mention her on this show. On one hand, she has already received far more attention from media outlets across the political spectrum than any of her crackpot ideas deserve. On the other hand, she is the epitome of all that is wrong with the Republican Party and conservatism at this juncture. The entire point of this podcast is to point out the problems and levy valid criticisms at the state and direction of conservative politics that we now find ourselves in. If rational conservatives are unwilling to examine our own party and work to steer the party away from the grasp of the lunatic fringe, the crackpots, the dimwits, then like it or not, it is only a matter of time until the Republican Party crumbles. Any gains made up of new voters by pandering to the alt-right, the peddlers of conspiracy theories, the, Wilford, the willfully ignorant, the white supremacists, and all the rest of the rubbish that has infected the party, we are losing far more voters from the center. Politico.com recently obtained and published a 27-page report on exit polls for the 2020 election that was written by internal pollsters from the Trump campaign. I encourage anyone listening to give it a read through, as I found it to be quite revealing, and I believe it confirms the, precise, the premise of this podcast with hard data. While it is 27 pages long, most of it is charts and graphs, so it really isn't a long read. The most striking data point, in my opinion, is how badly Trump underperformed with independent voters in 2020 versus 2016. In 2016, Trump won the independent vote by an aggregate of 10 percentage points in Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, and Arizona. Yet in 2020, he lost those same five states with independence by nine points. Yep, you heard that right. He went from a plus 10 to a negative nine, a 19 point swing. When you factor in that voter turnout was also much higher in 2020, you end up with an easy win for Biden in those swing states. I fear that if the party doesn't disavow and distance itself from both Trump and his ardent followers in Congress, it is only going to get worse. Anyway, I've digressed a bit from my original point, which is the new breakout star of the Republican Party. MTG, Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't even know where to start. Okay. So just recently, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy went and had a meeting with her. Shortly thereafter, she made a speech on the House floor, basically recanting and disavowing many of the conspiracy theories that she has a long history of supporting. Maybe I'm a bit too skeptical, but I can't say that I believe her. 
I just don't see how someone can go from promoting QAnon, false flag school shootings, no plane crashed into the Pentagon, Pizzagate, and everyone's favorite, space lasers, over the course of many years to all of a sudden claiming that you no longer believe in any of it. She either still believes in all the lunacy and was convinced by McCarthy in one meeting to disown those beliefs for the purpose of political expediency, or she is quite easily influenced. Maybe she never believed in any of it and saw it as a means to an end. If I had to put money on which of those scenarios I think is true, I would choose the first. In the end, I don't think it matters all that much. Regardless of which scenario is the most accurate, any way you slice it, she's a detriment to the party. I fear that even if she keeps her mouth shut and her head down for the rest of her term, all the negative attention she has generated in just a few short weeks is going to leave a stain that will take years to erase. The House voted to strip her of both of her committee assignments, the Education Committee and the Budget Committee, by a vote of 230 to 199. The good news is 11 Republicans broke ranks and voted for her removal. The bad news is only 11 Republicans broke ranks and voted for her removal. In my view, the Democrats served up a perfect opportunity for House Republicans to distance themselves from Representative Green and the crazy faction of the party that she embodies. Unfortunately, the vast majority of them decided not to take advantage of it for reasons aside from cowardice that I don't quite comprehend. I suppose I should talk a bit about the second impeachment and trial of former President Trump. As I'm sure everyone knows, he was acquitted by the Senate with only seven Republicans voting for a conviction. Of the seven, it was no surprise that Mitt Romney was among them, nor was it entirely unexpected that Sass, Collins, and Murkowski joined him. The other three, at least to me, were unexpected. Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, and Richard Burr of North Carolina showed a bit of courage and crossed the aisle. And for that, I commend them. I think everyone knew getting a conviction was a long shot, but I think it was a golden opportunity for the GOP to rid themselves of Trump and move on. In the House, 10 Republicans stood up and voted for impeachment. And while 10 is greater than 7, when you consider that there is a much larger pool of Republican representatives in the House, I find it very disappointing. So, we have 11 representatives that voted to oust MTG from her committees and 10 representatives that voted for impeachment. One would think there would be quite a bit of overlap between the two. Surprisingly, only three Republican House members voted for both. John Katko of New York's 24th District, Fred Upton of Michigan's 6th District, and someone I think has a bright future as a rational conservative, Adam Kinzinger of Illinois' 16th District. I think we will talk about him much more in future episodes. 
So before we sign off, I don't want to forget to mention the late and great, or not so great, depending on your perspective, Rush Limbaugh. What can you say? A phenomenal career behind the mic, but also the party's biggest cheerleader, and what I consider part of the problem. Not to take away from or diminish his career, but I do feel that conservative talk radio is better off without him and the rest of his ilk. Maybe now we have a chance to steer the party back to a more center-right direction. We can only hope. Anyways, so long, Rush, and rest in peace. So it's been a pretty slow week or two. One thing we can all agree on is things are pretty boring without Trump in office. But this is a good thing. I don't miss the days of waking up wondering, what did he tweet? What did he say? It's time to get back to the business of running this country and getting we the people and the Republican Party back where we need to be. This is Johnny Freedom. Until next time.